Welcome to the Mariners Cast from Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganassius. You can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. It is August 18th, Friday. Mariners just took three of four from the Kansas City Royals, traveling to Houston for a three-game set this weekend against the Houston Astros. On today's Mariners cast, we are going to recap yesterday's game. We will talk Julio. We'll talk Cade Marlowe. We'll examine what happened to Matt Brash in the sixth, excuse me, what happened to George Kirby in the sixth inning, why Matt Brash is potentially the best candidate to close from the Mariners uh, from here on out. And then we will talk Astros and uh, the pitching matchup for tonight, which is Bryce Miller against JP France. Mariners are 66 and 55, six games out of the American League West behind the Astros and the Rangers, a half game out of the wild card behind the Toronto Blue Jays. Mariners have a plus 62 run differential, are seven and three in their last 10, and according to ESPN, have a 40% chance of making the playoffs. The Toronto Blue Jays have three games in Cincinnati. The park is very small. Anything can happen in that park. Uh, Cincinnati has kind of been a young upstart team so far this season. Lots of young talent on the offensive end. Uh, Pitching is lagging a little bit behind, but anything can happen in that series. And then Texas has uh, three at home against the Milwaukee Brewers. Brewers a bit underrated, have a lot of good pitching. Unfortunately for the Mariners, Corbin Burns went last night against the Dodgers. But the Rangers will see Brandon Woodruff in today's start. Brandon Woodruff is a, you know, a very, very good major league pitcher. So I'll be keeping an eye on those two series because they impact the Mariners in the standings. We will obviously be watching every pitch of the Mariners against the Astros. So last night, or yes, I guess yesterday afternoon, it was George Kirby against Angel Zerpa. Uh, Mariners took on the Royals. It was an 11 a.m. start Pacific. And it started as a pretty, you know, normal, I guess, benign sort of game. Uh, Mariners went up 1-0 in the second. Julio uh, singled in Jose Caballero. Nelson Velasquez hit a homer against George Kirby in the fourth uh, to tie the game up at 1-1. Again, we talk about this all the time, but the, uh, you know, the pitch to Velasquez in this situation was a middle, middle 97 mile an hour fastball. Um, You're going to expect a major league hitter with power to hit a pitch like that out. Uh, I should mention in the top of the second when Julio drove in Caballero, uh, Ty France came up after him, flew out in what was a really strange looking fly out to left field. Uh, MJ Melendez took a route, um, so he had to go back into the gap in left center field. Uh, towering fly ball, 105 miles an hour off the bat, 810 XBA. Um, contrary to what was being said, this was not a homer in every stadium but Kansas City. Uh, according to Savant, it was a homer in 10 of 30 stadiums, but a very strange uh, fly out one of which you would have expected Ty France to drive in runs, but it became an out. Uh, Again, Velasquez hits the home run in the bottom of the fourth to tie the game up at 1-1. In the uh, top of the sixth, Julio Rodriguez um, had an RBI double 
Uh, so the Mariners take a 2-1 lead. So bottom of six is where the action kind of starts. Up to this point in time, again, George Kirby was cruising. Jose Caballero uh, fields a ball uh, in the 5-6 hole and uh, is unable to throw out Michael Garcia. This was ruled an E6. This was certainly a play that a major league shortstop should make. It's not the easiest play in the world, especially with a fast runner, but a play that you would expect Jose Caballero to make. I think J.P. Crawford probably makes this play. Um, But now we've got a runner on, no outs. Bobby Witt Jr. at the plate. He gets a uh, what was basically a belt-high sinker um slightly inside but in a really nice place to hit uh from george kirby at 94 miles an hour that he laced into left field for a double this was 109 miles an hour off the bat you now have second and third michael massey up he hits an rbi single on a belt high middle in sinker the game is now 2-2 nelson velasquez singles on a belt high slightly middle in sinker there's a reason why I'm naming all the locations. I'll get to that in a minute. And then MJ Melendez doubles on a sinker that was uh, at his thigh in the outer half. I bring this up because um, all of these locations were, for the most part, belt high. And everything that the Royals hit in the bottom of the six was hard. It was a 94-mile-an-hour sinker that Witt hit. It was a sinker that Massey hit. It was a sinker that Velasquez hit. It was a sinker that Melendez hit. And then uh, Freddie Fermin ends up hitting a sack fly to center field on a middle-middle sinker. So you wonder, this is this was the last inning for Kirby. You wonder if the Mariners could have called for more off-speed in this situation. Is it something that George Kirby was trying to get through the sixth conserve pitches, pitch to contact, and so that he can get through seven? I don't know. But the reality is that the Royals scored three runs, I believe in part, because they knew that something right around 95 miles an hour in the zone was coming. Nothing that they hit in the bottom of the sixth was outside of the zone. Everything was in the zone. You know the Royals chase. You know the Royals want to swing the bat. In fact, I went and uh, I did a little digging on fan graphs because I wanted to see just how aggressive the Kansas City Royals are in terms of um, swinging the bat. And what I found was they have the third highest swing percentage. They have the sixth highest zone swing percentage in the major leagues, meaning um, number of times they swing when the pitch is a strike. They have the sixth highest um, o swing percentage, which is the percentage of time they swing the bat when it's not a strike. And then they're only 21st in contact, 18th in contact in the zone, 20th in contact outside of the zone, and have the ninth highest swinging strike rate. So, but they swing the bat a ton, third most in the game. So if you are George Kirby in the bottom of the sixth, why are you throwing strikes? Right. You're, and why are you throwing predictable strikes? They are all sinkers at 95 miles an hour, right around there. They are all right around belt high, thigh high in that same zone. And 
he, in my opinion, he should have been throwing, you know, you throw splitters to Massey and to Melendez. They're lefties. Get them off of it, right? He had a really effective curveball earlier in the game. He could have thrown that to Witt more. He could have thrown, he did throw a slider to Witt, but he could have thrown a curveball. Could have done the same to, to Fermin, to Velasquez. I just, there needed to be more variety in that sixth inning. There needed to be, um, from a velocity standpoint, from a location standpoint, and from a pitch selection standpoint, because you know the Royals are going to swing the bat. Why give them something to hit if you know they're going to swing? So in any case, that was a poor inning from George Kirby. That was his last inning. He gave up three runs. The Mariners are now down 4-2 and heading into the uh, top of the eighth inning. There's two on, one out for Julio Rodriguez. Royals bring in Carlos Hernandez, who has, for all intents and purposes, been their best reliever this season. Hard-throwing right-hander. Prior to this season, his fastball was 100 miles an hour, but it was way too straight. They've tweaked his pitch mix and his fastball a bit. He's been a lot more effective this season. He comes in, first pitch to Julio Rodriguez with two on, one out, is 97 miles an hour, inside rail, just above the belt. This is a pitch that I think a month ago or a month and a half ago, we would have seen Julio uh, late on, and he probably would have hit it in the air to right field. But he's made some swing adjustments. He gets He's all over the 97, pulls it to left field, which is what we've been wanting him to do to be able to tap all that power to 111 off the bat. 438-foot home run, 1,000 XBA. Mariners take the lead 5-4. Um, Bench is going nuts. Julio's going nuts. It's It was a superstar moment for a superstar in a series in which he carried the team. And it was dope. It was what you, fans have been asking for from him. You see him in the home run derby. You see the prodigious power. You see the pull side power. And he wasn't getting to it. And he's starting to get to it. So... Again, Julio hits a three-run home run. Mariners take a 5-4 lead. Uh, top nine, Cal Raleigh extends the lead to 6-4 on a solo home run. What I find interesting about his at-bat was they, my, my notes, I said, LOL, they threw him three fastballs, all middle, middle in and low, which is literally where Cal Raleigh, he wants the ball low, right? And he wants fastballs. And so they threw him three fastballs, kind of middle in and lower in the zone. They did throw one slider that was low and outside, but he took one of the fastballs out for a solo home run. Mariners lead 6-4. Mariners bring in Matt Brash. Now, Matt Brash, we've talked a lot about. Um, I looked at every pitch from uh, this ninth inning. He did close out the Royals. It was one inning, one strikeout, only eight pitches. Six of them were strikes. He was sitting 88 with the slider, 98 with the fastball. He threw one cutter. And what was interesting to me about this ninth inning from Brash is this was a, a very clear indication that his stuff is good enough that when he's missing location, he can still pitch effectively and close out games. There's only one inning, but it... In this in this one inning, in these eight pitches, he he threw a, eight, a cutter at 88 to Velasquez. That was middle-middle. That Velasquez swung through. 
Um, he hung a slider at 90. That was up and on the outer half that Velasquez swung through for strike three. Um, he threw a thigh-high middle of the zone uh, slider to MJ Melendez, where Melendez flew out to uh, Julio Rodriguez in center. And then the ground out by Freddie Fermin was a 99-mile-an-hour four-seamer that was in the middle of the zone just above the belt. So all three hitters, all three Royals hitters had pitches to hit against Matt Brash that were in the middle of the zone, and none of the three could do anything with them. Um, I think when we when he gets into counts where he's more predictable and when he's walking people, that's when he's not effective. But if he can stay in the zone with his type of stuff, to me, he's incredibly effective and he's a closer. I like him in the ninth. I think I like him in the ninth more than I do Munoz. I've said before, if you mix in Topa and Spire based on matchup, to me, that's the direction the Mariners should go. It's interesting. Munoz has not now not pitched in the past two games, and it's been Matt Brash closing. Um, I think they sensed the fatigue and maybe the uh, the miscasted role for Andres Munoz. Um, I like it. I expect to see Munoz tonight. It'd be interesting to see what his role is. But Matt Brash closed this game out to give the Mariners a six four victory. Uh, a little more on George Kirby. He threw more sinkers in this game. I'm going to assume this was pitching to contact a bit, uh, knowing that the Royals swung as much as they did. He threw more curveballs than he typically has. He almost he kind of flip-flop curveball and slider usage. Um, and there was less four-seamer, but he increased or he decreased the splitter as well. Um, his whiff rate was only 11% in this game. Uh, his whiff rate on the season was uh, closer to 24%. Um, his velocity was up, his spin was up. I just think that he was trying to pitch to contact and take advantage of the Royals' aggressiveness. And I think he could have thrown probably fewer strikes. And uh, and maybe he looked or hunted for a few more strikeouts against the Royals. I know they hadn't been striking out much, but 11% whiff rate from George Kirby is very, very low. So Again, just interesting to dig into him start to start because he has such great command that he's able to really tweak what he does. He's not very predictable. I think that's intentional. Um, But again, he gives up four runs on eight hits in six innings, only two strikeouts. Uh, Isaiah Campbell got the win. He pitched a scoreless seventh. Trent Thornton pitched a scoreless eighth. He got a hold. And then Matt Brash got his fourth save, as I said, in the ninth. So that was the Mariners game. Uh, yesterday afternoon, the only other note I wanted to, uh, bring to the Mariners cast was that the Mariners may have a very good player in Cade Marlowe. He in 22 games is hitting 293, 397 with an 880 OPS. You do not expect 880 OPS from Cade Marlowe over the course of an entire season, but He has played in 22 games. He's got three doubles, a triple, two home runs, three steals, and he's walking at a 15% rate. That would come down over over time, I believe. Um, But he is at minimum, he looks like to me, moving forward for the Mariners, a strong side platoon corner outfielder. 
I think you can you can comfortably go into 2024 with Kelnick in one corner, Marlowe in the other corner, and at least one right-handed hitter that destroys lefties. Because you're going to want to sit Marlowe and or Kelnick against tough lefties. But he's a valuable player. He's fast. He hits for power. You can't. He's got that high walk rate. And as I've said before, you can't have a high walk rate guy who can, who doesn't do damage because major league pitchers will just groove hard stuff and strikes knowing you're not going to hit the ball out. Cade Marlowe can hit home runs. He proved that with with his grand slam in Anaheim against a hundred mile an hour Carlos Estevez fastball top rail. Okay. Marlowe's a player. He's been worth 0.6 fan graphs war in 22 games. Uh, he pulls fly balls, which is what you're looking for, for someone to hit for a little bit of power, 45% pull rate, 50% fly ball rate. He's in the 81st percentile sprint speed, uh, according to Savant. And he's also hit 333 against, this is only 15 plate appearances, granted, but he's hit 30, 333 against lefties. There's nothing saying that he can't hit lefties. What I'm saying is I know that he can hit righties, and that's why he's at minimum a strong side platoon corner outfielder. I love him. I, I don't know if, you know, the question is, are the Mariners a championship team with Cade Marlowe as the starting right fielder? Uh, I don't know. We'd have to know what they did at first base next season. Have to know how second base turns out next season. But I think he, at at the bare minimum, is a very, very good uh fourth outfielder and potentially again a you know 450 plate appearance 500 plate appearance uh corner outfielder that's going to hit 260 I think he's a better he's got a better hit tool than I think people gave him credit for coming up he was seen as a 45 hit tool you know 55 power 55 to 60 speed sort of player who takes walks I think that hit tool is closer to a 55 and um I've just liked what I've seen so far so Wanted to give him his props. Uh, last night, he went two for three with two runs and a walk. Um, he did have a steal as well and a double. Just a fun player. Uh, Mariners have something in Cape Marlowe. I did not expect that when he came up. So, again, Mariners are now 66 and 55, uh, half game out of the wild card. Mariners travel to Houston for a three-game set against the Astros, against the vaunted Astros. Uh, tonight's game is a 5-10 First pitch, it is Bryce Miller against J.P. France. Uh, The Astros are 70 and 52, two and a half games out behind the Rangers in the American League West. They are currently sitting as the second wildcard team in the American League, plus 90 run differential, and they too are seven and three in their last 10. Uh, Today's matchup, Miller against France. Saturday is Logan Gilbert against Fromber Valdez. And Sunday is Emerson Hancock against Hunter Brown. Uh, This is the first series in quite a while where you cannot definitively say that the Mariners have a distinct pitching advantage. Um, Game for game, I think uh, it's pretty even when you look at it. Uh, So tonight, Bryce Miller, as we know, 24 years old, right-handed starting pitcher. He grew up in New Braunfels, Texas, which is 175 miles outside of Houston, uh, you would expect him to have lots of family and friends at the game. Bryce Miller is seven and four with a 404 ERA and a 105 whip. 
on the season, 91 in the third innings, 77 hits, 19 walks and 87 strikeouts, um, 5.2% walk rate, 23.6% K rate. His swinging strike rate is increasing. It is now at 11.9%. The other stat of note is that he is a 66% first pitch strike pitcher. League average is 61%, so he throws 5% more first pitch strikes than um, than your average major leaguer. Uh, tangential note, uh, Colton Wong just signed a minor league deal with the Dodgers, um, former Mariner Colton Wong. Uh, so Bryce Miller, better against lefties than righties, uh, or excuse me, better against righties than lefties. Lefties are hitting 257 with a 783 OPS. Righties are hitting 193 with a 567 OPS. Uh, one more note on Bryce Miller. He has been throwing his sinker progress a lot more um, over time against Baltimore in his last start on the 13th. He threw 85 pitches, and 18 of those 85 pitches were sinkers. He's only thrown 51 total on the year. 46 of them have been in his last four starts. So four starts ago, it was seven sinkers, then 10 sinkers, then 11, now 18 in the last start against Baltimore. I would fully expect to see that number increase from 18. Um, I think he's going to start incorporating it, as I've said, very similarly to George Kirby and Brian Wu, and it gives them a really different look. I, I, I think it's smart. I like it. He throws more to righties than lefties, but he is throwing his sinker to lefties quite a bit. Um, but just watch for that against the Astros tonight. The Mariners, as I said in the last Astros series, really do completely change up their pitch mix against the Astros. So um, he may be, he may lead with the sinker for all we know, but uh, watch that. Keep track of that. It's kind of fun to see how he and Brian Wu have grown and progressed over the season. And this is the next step in his progression Mariners are facing J.P. France, right-handed starting pitcher. He's 28 years old, 6 feet, 216. He was drafted in the fourth round by the Astros in 18 out of Mississippi State. Prior to that, he uh, played at Tulane. He transferred. He did have Tommy John surgery his sophomore year at Tulane. Uh, grew up in he's a Louisiana kid. This year, he's 9-3 with a 2.74 ERA and a 1-2-1 whip. It's interesting because he is one an example of a player whose top line stats, the nine and three with the two seven four, um, would be valued much greater in uh, previous years when we looked at numbers differently. Um, nine and three with the two seven four is still good, but he's not striking a ton of guys out, and there are some things under the hood I think where that the Mariners can attack. Uh, he has had a an 80% left on base percentage, which is pretty high. He's been a bit lucky in that regard. He does walk 7.2% of the batters he faces, 17.5% K rate, uh, 9.4% swinging strike rate, 23% whiff rate. So he's not really a strikeout, big strikeout pitcher, not a big swing and miss guy. 44% ground balls. Um, lefties are hitting 232 with a 575 slug. Righties are hitting 254 with a 734 slug. So righties are hitting him a lot better than lefties. His last start was on the 12th against the Angels. Seven innings, four hits, two runs, one walk, five strikeouts. Uh, He leads with the four-seamer at 42% of the time. 
against righties. He's he throws most mostly four seamers. He mixes in cutter and sweeper. So everything is going straight or um, going away from a right-hander versus lefties. It's fastball, change-up, curveball with a, with a few cutters mixed in. So a little bit more different sort of pitch mix against uh, left-handed hitters. His uh, his curve and his change, which he throws to lefties, have been his two most effective pitches this season. Uh, the cutter that he throws to righties has not been quite as good, 325 average against. And then the curve and the sweeper are the two pitches that have a above 30% whiff rate. Uh, curveball all the way up at 51.5%. So his secondary stuff is better than his hard stuff. Um, fastball and cutter are the two his two least effective pitches. So I would expect the Mariners to try to spit on a lot of the uh, the slow moving, you know, change curveball sweeper type stuff and try to attack the the harder pitches against France, but we'll see. Um, again, five ten start should be a lot of fun. Bryce Miller should have a pretty big rooting section. Mariners can make up some real ground uh, in this series. Mariners are three and a half games out or behind the Astros. They could pull to within a half game of the Astros and um, a wild card spot at the end of this series if they can uh, take at minimum two or three. So, should be fun. It's must-see TV. It's time to watch the scoreboard. It's time to to keep track of the Blue Jays and the Rangers and the Astros and everyone else in between. Um, again, Julio's on fire. Super fun to watch. Uh, can't wait to watch this series. It is Friday. Uh, if it is a true Friday for you, enjoy it. It is a true Friday for me. Uh, in between baseball, I'll be cramming for my fantasy football draft on Saturday and super excited for that. So I hope you all have a lot of fun. Uh, get that meat marinated, uh, go buy that beer. It's going to be a lot of fun. Enjoy this Mariners, uh, series against the Astros this weekend. I will try to come with at least one Mariners cast, uh, either Saturday or Sunday, but you know me for sure. I'll be back Monday with the recap of this series and looking forward. Enjoy it. Have fun. Uh, take care, Mariners fans. This was the 70th Mariners cast um, for Friday, July 18th. I appreciate the listen. We are presented by Sports Ethos. Once again, you can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20. That's T-I-N-O-J-R-2-0. And the podcast at Ethos Mariners, E-T-H-O-S-M-A-R-I-N-E-R-S. Take care, y'all. It's the weekend. Have fun. Peace.